Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host, Judy Como. I'm here in the station with our manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Judy. How are you? I am doing pretty well. That's awesome. I want to start off the show with a shout out to my new friend, Demetra, who is possibly listening to Red Sea Roundup for the first time, a first time listener. So I want to give a shout out to her. Good morning, Uh, Demetra. Total. Don't want to take all the time to uh, tell the story of why I know that, but it's a holy moment. If you are a member of St. Anthony's Parish or visitor and have come across the book, The Biggest Lie Ever Told to Christianity, that we gave as a gift by Matthew Kelly, you'll know what a holy moment is. Uh, Love to have a conversation with anybody about the book, and if you want the book, I could get you the book, the book, the book, the book. But I am so excited. This is my first show to host this year. 2019. 2019. And uh, our other hosts may or may not have a theme that they follow from show to show to show. But I know for a fact that Pam Marvin had a theme of virtues, and her show from month to month followed that theme, and they spoke of a virtue. And I thought, that's a great idea. Perhaps I need a theme. Mm. And I see. I have chosen one. Are you unveiling the theme now? Live on the air? I okay. am. Uh, as I unveil my theme, I want This is to, news to me, folks. This hasn't been well, cleared with, with Dennis we, or me. When we recorded our guest, Gail Condorless, so if you're listening, I want you to hang on after the break and listen to this awesome interview from this awesome young lady, Gail Condola, who's going to talk to us. What was the little tagline you put on our following your call or when you're yes, promoting? Yes, yes. Come on, you can think of it. Regardless, my theme that I would like to portray throughout the rest of the year is that of hope. Lots of things that could possibly talk about that don't seem so hopeful. So you're hoping that your theme for the year will be hope. I do. Hope okay. that because from week to week you if hope. If you read to in one Peter, talk about hope from month to month rather. If you read in one Peter chapter three verse fifteen, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you a reason for your hope. And any time I run across that uh, Bible quote, it gives me a little warm fuzzy. And so mm-hmm. I hope that the show can give us a little warm fuzzy. And many times throughout these live shows, we encourage our listeners to call in, and that number would be 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. 
And perhaps so far in the show, someone listening says, I have a story of hope, and I'm going to call in and I'm going to tell you about it. So if you are listening at KEDC 88.5 here in the Bryan College Station area, KYAR 98.3 in Waco, Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 Palestine. Would love to talk to someone who's listening Thaddeus and I were preparing for the show, and here locally in the Bryan College Station area, February is busting loose, ain't it, Thaddeus? Indeed it is. Yes, it is. I kind of like to wait till he's distracted, not distracted, but paying attention to all the workings of the show, and then ask him a question and watch him lean (coughs) over real quick to answer my question. Didn't really do it on purpose, but it kind of looks like it sometimes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's that's pretty fun. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah. Keep you dancing on your toes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. What a beautiful day it is today. Looking out at the hail mary blue skies. My my wife would have called this when we were living in uh, my home state. Would have called this a fake sun day. Fake sun because it's very sunny out. It looks beautiful. But when you step outside, it's quite frigid. Yeah, I was heel-toeing it across so, the parking lot, having that same chat with She uh, is a Texan in Colorado. She didn't appreciate that about, about my home state. Mm-hmm. So we don't get these kind of days here very often. And when it does get cold here in Texas, as all of y'all know, it's a bone-chilling cold because of that humidity. <laughs> it's, it's different than yeah, back home. Really had a little, little tiny Whew. snowflakes this morning as I drove to yes, town. I did yeah. hear a little. I woke up this morning, looked at the weather, and it said it's snowing outside. I thought, I checked and I thought, am I looking at my parents? Do I have it pulled up for no, it was back here. home? It no, was here. no, here. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so this let, isn't a weather show. We're not right. talking about the weather. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the weather. We're talking about the Some Catholic life here in on. the Brazos Valley. Yeah, lots of and moving in, and shaking. We unfortunately don't have any. We don't have any um, events to right to hand to announce for Waco or for Palestine. So the kind of the things we're going to be talking about this morning on the first part are Brazos Valley centric, but of course. It's open to folks that are listening Absolutely. in the central Texas area, you know, some of these things. Our diocese is so big, and uh, you tend to have to drive, unless you live in yeah. Austin and those surrounding areas, you tend to have to drive for a lot of things to go and mm-hmm. search out. But mm-hmm. uh, we're really blessed that but we if, have But speaking a, of taking things on the road, mm-hmm. you arranged for something to go on the road from uh, Cedar Break, the Diocese of Austin Retreat Center. Yeah. Well... The ball was in motion. I just happened to go to one of those events. Uh, Father Albert Haas has now been moved to Cedar Break Mm -hmm. Retreat Center as the um, spiritual director there. He's a Franciscan. And a wonderful speaker. We were blessed at St. Anthony to have him for Mm -hmm. a parish mission a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I heard his name, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to that. So Cedar Break is taking some of these day retreats on the road. So in October, there was one at St. Joseph's Parish that I was blessed to attend, and I went on a fact-finding mission. Mm -hmm. How did y'all do this, and how do we make it happen, and would like to offer St. Anthony's Parish to host one. And so 
on a very busy day in our parish. So listen up, folks. There are three things that you could choose to do on February the 23rd, mm-hmm. starting with here locally in Bryant College Station, Father Albert Haas. On the road again. Yep. Who sang that? Willie Nelson? <laughs> yes, he did. Um, Father Albert Haas, a spiritual journey retreat will be held at St. Anthony's in Bryan on February the 22nd from 9.30 to 2.30. The spiritual journey is a process of being formed, transformed by the Spirit into the image of Christ for others. The cost of this is $40, and it includes lunch. Uh, Father Albert is a wonderful speaker. You, The time flies past so quickly, so... To register for this, you can call Cedar Break at 254-780-2436 or go online at www.cedarbreakbrake.org. We're going to have this information on our website here at Red Sea Other things happening on that same date. That very same day in Round Rock. 7th Annual Catholic Men's Conference uh, by the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men at St. William's Church. Three speakers, John Leonetti, um, Hector Molina, and believe it or not, former UT quarterback, Vince Young. Vince Young. Um, all speaking at the Catholic Men's Conference at St. William's Church on that same Saturday, February twenty, February 23rd. You uh, can still register, sendtextcatholic.com. That's sendtextcatholic.com. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on that day. They have uh, lunch available. We're going to be broadcasting from there for an hour. Which y'all did last year, and we correct? Did, yes, we have done that a uh, number of years now. So you can go to that. Yeah, I um I want to quote my big fat Greek wedding. Did you see that movie? Years ago, yes it did. Yes. Well, the mom tells the daughter, "Your father is the head of this household, but I'm the neck and I can turn that head anywhere I want to." <laughs> and so, <laughs> wives, if you're out there listening, this men's conference is a fabulous opportunity for uh, your husbands, your sons, to go to this um, day retreat, and then y'all could hang out here in Bryan at one of these two. We've talked about the Cedar Break. Now, Thaddeus, tell us about what's going on over at St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas on the same day. Yes, the, on the same day in uh, St. Thomas is a discernment of spirits retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher, that's also from, I believe, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's going to be lunch that day. You can go to the stabcs.org website, the St. Thomas Aquinas website, and get more information about the schedule and the cost. You can register through that link there on that website. So go to stabcs.org, and we're going to have a we're going to have somebody on from St. Thomas uh, here at the beginning of February, I think with Gene, 
in the first part of his show to talk about the retreat when just a couple weeks before the retreat yeah, happens. On Red Sea Roundup. Yes, yes, ma'am. On Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You bet. Yep. That's and then, great. so that's all, all those things are February 23rd. Now, before that. In a non-chronological yeah. type. Way. Coming up, we wanted to kind of leave you with this. Coming up in two weeks. Yes? Yes. Is the Healing the Whole Person Retreat that's put on by the John Paul the second healing center that's at the Christ, the good shepherd chapel in Bryan. So all of these things, except with the exception of the men's conference are happening in Bryan college station, right? The men's conference is in Austin at, um, round rock at round. round I'm sorry, round rock. Um, St. William's church. This last thing, this, this is the thing that's going to be most, um, going to be happening the soonest February 7th and 9th, 7th through 9th, excuse me. Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan. This is Dr. Bob Schutz, where you um, are basically taught how to um, discern your um, spiritual wounds that you might might have experienced yeah. in your in your life previously. Maybe some that have been. Um, I don't know if this is a proper word, but maybe repressed or, or you have kind of shoved to the put in a box, put in a box, or you haven't uh, fully maybe grappled with them. And you're going to be given a, a productive tools way ways. to, to, to mm-hmm. deal with those things yeah. because people deal with those things, but not always in uh, healthy. Uh, healthy, virtuous ways yeah. they, they get involved with drugs, alcohol, other kinds of addiction, uh, unhealthy relationships they maybe walk away from their faith there's there's all kinds of we we deal with those things right we yes. do deal with them mm-hmm. we just don't always deal with no, them no. in virtuous um good ways this is going to help you put the uh the kind of healing balm of the holy spirit on those things the love of our lady and our the mercy of our lord on those things um, so there's sessions anchored in church teaching that are titled Facing Our Brokenness, Encountering the Father's Love, and Living in Freedom. It comes highly recommended to us from the counselor here at St. Mary's Catholic Center. Yeah, Keith and I have been blessed to attend two weekends, um, Healing the Whole Person, and I can't tell you the name of the other one that we had a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, because we're in diaconate formation. We were blessed that they brought it to us. So not only to be healed, to learn the tools to help others heal, if God willing, he would go on to be ordained mm-hmm. in 2022. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, please keep Keith and I in your prayers. Uh, as we, uh, so that is the, I'm sorry, Judy, yeah, that's, that's okay. the John Paul two healing centers, uh, healing the whole person retreat, go to J P I I healing org. You can register there. If this is in any way sounding like something that's uh, resonating with you hitting home, I encourage you to, we encourage you to at least go learn more about it. Absolutely. And see and if you bring- want to attend. Brings ask the Lord to put that on your heart yeah. uh, to pay the way for you, pave the way for you, or if you know of someone else that could really benefit from something like this. Yeah, put it to I, put I it to prayer and find out if it's the right time for you to do something like that. It's being held at Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel, 
connected with St. Saint Joseph's Church mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. in Bryan. And mm-hmm. speaking of Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel, mm-hmm. I was blessed to go to daily mass there yesterday. Okay. So this is my little personal reason for hope mm-hmm. um, that Father Steve, the pastor of St. Joseph's Church, gave such a wonderful homily. It was just the high school students that were there. And um, the end of the gospel from Mark quotes, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is why the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And he asked the teens if they knew what, what's today. There's something going on that's today. And someone did know that it was the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And he went on to talk to them. Because they live in a lifetime that they don't know that there was ever a time that that was not legal. I can't tell you how long Roe v. Wade is ago. I think it's 54 years. I'm really not sure. 1973. Okay. Um, And he said, relating it to the Sabbath, he said, one court ruling changed for everyone. One thing. He said, connecting it in with the Sabbath, he said, most of you don't know, maybe even your parents don't know, I do know a time where the Sabbath, there was nothing open, mm-hmm. nothing open. And you had to even, okay, I'm going to cook this on Sunday, so I better shop this and that and everything. And Sunday was a day in my childhood that we went to one of my grandparents on a rotating basis. Brian one weekend, Hearn the next. That's where my grandparents lived. And it was a non-negotiable. That is what you did right. on a Sunday. And so I just kind of pondered, I mean, I can't change the world to say, no, we're not going to have anything open anymore. But how can I make the Sabbath in my heart? And I've, so that is just kind of on my prayer radar for the rest of the week and how to do that. So I, I can't make And in sure. your own little world, yeah. what can you, yeah. what changes can you make? Right. Practices Absolutely. can you establish? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what that makes you think about. Well, I think you're being, I think maybe you're even being bold and saying maybe some people who love loyal listeners of the radio station, maybe it's good if you even turn off the radio even on Sunday and just have silence on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Don't have the TV on, don't have the radio on, just have silence on or Sunday. Or at least for some time. I mean, mass. Father Steve challenged them, how about if you just give God equal time to one, you know, technology? Mm-hmm. Think about how long you spend on your phone mm-hmm. and give God equal time or bring God into that mm-hmm. while you're on your phone Look at the mass readings for the day. While you're on your phone, text something encouraging to someone who would just love to hear it. Tell your mama you love her. Right. That's always a favorite yeah. time of yeah. the day. So you're, um, you're leaving us with um, a basis for hope. We, uh, Christ is our hope, mm-hmm. and so we need to do things to make him more a part of our little, the little parts of our day, the little minutes of our day, the hours of our day, uh, the days moments. of our weeks. Holy so moments. that we can start to uh, build that hope as we go through this year. Sure. Your theme of hope. Hmm? That's it. And Gail Condola, who we're going to hear from next, 
she is certainly uh, a source of hope, right, for the yes. for the future and what she's going to be doing as a focus missionary. Absolutely. Right? So if you're listening, stick with us as we go to break. This Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, uh, first disclaimer, this is not a live show. Uh, We are in our wonderful studio in St. Mary's Catholic Student Center recording this on a Thursday afternoon. So hold your calls because we won't answer it. (laughs) But um, I'm here. I'd like to introduce to you my guest is Gail Condola. Gail, how's it going? It's going great. Yes, it is. Well, you really did sign a blank check when I invited you to (laughs) to come on this show (laughs) because I didn't really give you a whole lot of explanation as to why I wanted you on the show. But um, I'm Hoping to have guests, I mean, I hope all my guests would give our listeners a little feeling of hope, but my focus mm-hmm. for inviting you here, focus, <laughs> how's that? Good I not even do that on purpose, <laughs> uh, is uh, number one, knowing that you've just been accepted to be a part of Focus Ministry, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners what Focus actually is. Um, <clears throat> I've... Her name is Gail Condorla. What did you say her last name was? Con- that was Condorla. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm. And if you're in the it's Brazos pretty, Valley, you know, it's pretty common. You know, yeah. pretty common. It's like last Smith name. or yeah. Jones. Uh huh. Here, or there. But if you're listening in our uh, Bryan College Station area, that name might ring familiar. But for our, for our listeners in Waco and Palestine, that that name may not be as familiar. I'm going to give you a little opportunity as you just tell our guest. You know, bring us up to date from birth until now, and then we'll go from what we uh, the focus part of it. Okay, so. <laughs> sounds great. Oh, that'll be this will be fun. Yes, it um, will. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Judy was alluding to my uncle. His name is David Condorla, Bishop David Condorla. He's the bishop of Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and. He was the uh, pastor here at St. Mary's for, I think, around 15 years, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm very thankful because I'm a senior in college now, but my freshman year was his last year here um, at St. Mary's. And so that was a, a great experience for me to get to come here and spend that time with my uncle uh, as a priest at my church. It was it was really a gift. Um, but yeah, so kind of just start at the beginning, I guess. Um I come from a Catholic family. I've always been Catholic, kind of, you know, the whole cradle Catholic thing. Pretty common uh, in this area. I have two parents whom I love. um, And an older coincidence. I do too. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
Isn't it great? <laughs> Love Miss <laughs> Tim and Stacy. Uh-huh. They're great. Um, yeah, so two parents, Tim and Stacy, and then I have an older brother, Thomas, and then a younger brother, Jonathan. So I'm in the middle with two boys. It was a blast growing up. Um, I played all the sports and did all the things. I took care of all of that stuff for my brothers because they didn't really do that. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, growing up was a lot of fun. My dad um, is my my bishop uncle's brother, so um, we call him Bunkle for short. Um, but yeah, so my dad is one of 12 kids and he comes from uh, a very Catholic family. My grandparents are the best. My grandmother, she was a saint. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a really fun time growing up because I got to spend a lot of that time with my family. And that's something that I think a lot of people my age don't really get to do anymore. Um, you know, it's weird to me when people say, oh, I don't really know my uncles or my or my cousins, my aunts, people that they're related to um, kind of like a little bit distantly because I know them all and I see them all the time. Um, And so that was super fun uh, growing up. But yeah, so being Catholic growing up, it was something that I did and something that I enjoyed doing, but I didn't really understand it fully, really. Um, I think a lot of it was because of my family, kind of like a cultural thing. It was something that I got to say was different about me because I didn't have a lot of close friends who were Catholic. Um, And so, yeah, that was something that I um, took pride in, really. Um, And then I think probably, yeah, so around middle school, high school, um, my grandmother got sick and um, she ended up passing away my freshman year of high school. Um, and throughout that whole process of her um, being sick and then and then passing away, um, and just like being a middle school like freshman and high schooler, um, and like seeing my grandmother like live through that, uh, and I say live very intentionally because she, yeah, when she was sick, she that was when she was living. Um, the mm-hmm. most full life that I've ever seen anyone live. And that was something really cool for me to experience because I had never really seen that. Um, and I didn't really understand it at the time, but the reason why she was living her fullest life in that in that time of kind of uh, just like sorrow and suffering was because she knew Jesus. And so that was kind of like one of my very first experiences of somebody who really knew who Jesus was and believed that and like lived that out in their lives very um, intentionally. And so that kind of stuck with me throughout high school. Um, And then coming into college, I was really excited to come to St. Mary's. I'd heard all about it. My uncle was the priest here, and so I knew I had an in with everyone. I was going to be the most <laughs> but popular person here. you grew up in St. Joseph's Parish yes. here. Yes, I did. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love hearing you talk about your grandmother. I, didn't ever, I don't think I ever met her, uh-huh. but I know her through all the people who knew her. Mm-hmm. Um, our mutual friend, Terry Lipscomb, mm-hmm. um, was a Terry. dear friend of and speaks yes, of your uh, grandmother as such a uh, teacher mm-hmm. of of her, especially. I, um, 
here at the cemetery, the beautiful headstone that has all 12 names mm. on mm-hmm. the back of it. And there's like a sticker that has Terry and Krista uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> added to it. So, we added uh, two more girls there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's just such a, a, a beautiful tribute to mm-hmm. her um, and her obvious influence on yes. you. So. Mm-hmm. You came over here to St. Mary's. Yeah, and- so so I came over to St. Mary's. I'd, I'd spent my whole life at St. Joseph's with my family, and now I was really excited to come to St. Mary's because it was going to be my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because coming into college as a freshman, uh, you know, I was thinking all of the same things that all freshmen do whenever they're coming into college, which is I want to find new friends because college is kind of like a— uh, restart, like you have to do everything over. Um, and so I thought that I knew everything with my faith. I was like ready to go. Didn't really need to do anything there. Just was ready to like make good holy friends. Um, and Jesus kind of like <laughs> turned it all around on me, um, in college. And my freshman year was it, I made friends, but not in the way that I really had wanted to, you know, like, um, I didn't really like find that group of people that I could go to whenever, you know, I had a lot of people who I liked and who I could talk to and who I hung out with sometimes, but there wasn't really anyone, um, after my freshman year who I was like, yeah, those are my people. Um, and so then going into sophomore year, um, I was involved in a few things here at St. Mary's, Um, I was a group leader for, uh, the freshman ministry here and I ended up meeting a lot of my very best friends who I still am really very fond of and like spend a lot of time with now as a senior in college. Um, I met them through that ministry and yeah, Jesus really, there was a lot of transformation that year. Um, and I was really starting to understand, what it meant to know Jesus and that that was different than just believing in him. Um, And I was learning a lot from my friends who I made that year, learning what it meant to pray and that I need to do that every day, Um, (laughs) you know, and yeah, was just receiving a lot of formation that I really hadn't received whenever I was younger. Um, And then towards the end of my sophomore year, um, I was very, very involved in this ministry and um, had it on my heart that I wanted to go and like be on the executive team for it the next year. And so I applied for that. And I told myself that I was applying, but really I was like, Jesus, whatever you want. But really I was like, (laughs) Jesus, whatever I want, please give this to me. Um, And he knew that. And so he, Did you kind of whisper it or was yeah, it just... Yeah, uh-huh, oh, okay. yeah. He knew. We. I just made the eye contact, you know, gave him the look. There I was like, go. Jesus, you know what you I know want. You know what I want. Um, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't end up getting that position. And um, it was really hard for me to handle because what had happened was I received all of this formation in this ministry. Um, and then internally, without really realizing it, had um, like put that onto the ministry. And I had this mindset that like, I had to be, I had to do this job in order to live my mission, you know? Um, and so a huge lesson that I learned from this, um, finishing out sophomore year and then going into junior year was, yeah, that my mission isn't tied to a ministry and it's not tied to a person other than Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
yeah, going into junior year, it was kind of tough because I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I've always been somebody, I've always been a doer. I've always had something that I was involved in and was doing. Um, and so I got talked into doing some things uh, here at St. Mary's that I wasn't the most excited for, but they needed somebody to do it. So they asked me and I said yes. And um, that was the best yes I ever gave. I ended up being a small group leader for a different ministry here at St. Mary's um, for, with uh, freshman girls. And uh, long story short, um, I got really close to them. I ended up starting a Bible study. And then that's where my involvement with Focus came in. Um, I Focus does, uh, they focus on um, one-on-one discipleship with people. So um a girl, her name's Megan Byers. Uh, she asked me into discipleship my spring semester of junior year, um, and that kind of uh, got the ball rolling on this whole. Okay, let's talk a little thing. bit about what is Focus and how you came to meet with this ministry missionary, I suppose. Yeah, ministry, missionary. for sure. Um, yeah. So Focus it stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, it's a nonprofit, and they send. Uh, young adult missionaries to college campuses uh, across the nation. And then they also have, they have a few campuses um, in Ireland, uh, Germany, and Austria as well. And so um, A&M, for example, has five focused missionaries, um, three, three girls and two guys. Um, and they live uh, in the town that the campus is on and they meet with students, um, in discipleship. So, um, yeah, they do discipleship and then they also help put on Bible studies. So they, they have their own Bible studies themselves. And then they also help students do their own Bible studies. So, um, at a there's probably over a hundred Bible studies, um, that are put on through focus, uh, with the missionaries and also with student leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and- uh, that's handled through St. Mary's, so you're funneled to the focus people, or the focus people go out and... Yes, yeah, so St. Mary's works a lot with focus here. Um, I'm not really sure how what it looks like on all of the campuses, um, but I think focus is very fortunate here because St. Mary's works really well with the missionaries here. So, yeah, Saint, people come to St. Mary's, and St. Mary's tells tells students um, about the Bible studies that Focus has. And so then that's how they kind of get plugged in there. Um, And then they also focus a lot on um, -on one-on-one discipleship with people. So they look at at kind of Jesus's ministry. Uh, So Jesus had 12 disciples. Um, But if you if you kind of look at the 12, he, he had three who he really deeply invested in. So Peter, James, and John were those three disciples that he, um, probably invested in more so than than the other nine. Um, and so Focus kind of takes that um, that route that Jesus took because he could have just come and made everyone believe in him and it would have been that easy, like at, at, at the snap of the singer, but that's not what he did. Um, and he tells us to follow him and to do what he what he did. And so, yeah, Focus looks takes that um, approach and kind of applies it to students on college campuses. So uh, as a missionary next year, I will go to a college campus and I will um, disciple probably four to six women um, on on that college campus. And, and that kind of 
uh, practically that looks like meeting with each of them one-on-one for an hour every week and talking about uh, like scripture or talking about things that maybe they need to grow in. Um, And so it's a lot of talking with the student and really getting to know them and providing them with with things to help them grow in their faith. Um, And so that is like the one like practical meeting thing. Um, but it yeah, also backing up real quick. Uh, you just walked up and said, Hey, I want to do this. And they said, okay, oh, gosh. Come on and let me do that. No, and no, no. So yeah, let's kind of, how, how did that all yeah, take How did place? it happen let's, for let's me? Um, yeah. So I, my involvement with focus, usually people, they join a Bible study freshman year. Um, they get to know somebody who's in focus and then they're asked into discipleship. Um, usually pretty early, like freshman, sophomore year. Um, I wasn't in a focus Bible study until second semester of my sophomore year. Um, and then I wasn't asked into discipleship until a whole year later. Um, so it, I kind of got a late start in terms of being involved in focus, um, but I had received a lot of formation from being involved at St. Mary's in different ministries. And so coming into my senior year, um, I had a lot of friends who had been in focus for a while and who I knew were probably going to apply to be a missionary. Um, so it is, it's a job. So you do have to apply and, and be accepted and given an offer. And so um, at the beginning of last semester, I kind of was thinking about it. It really hadn't really crossed my mind. It's like, there was never a point where I was like, yeah, I'm for sure going to do that. I want to be a focused missionary. But I was thinking about it at the beginning of the semester and just really thinking about all of the the things that have happened to me throughout college and all of the transformation that I have undergone. And, and also thinking about my desire to, yeah, to live mission for the rest of my life. Um, and I was thinking about all of these things in looking at what it would mean to be a focused missionary. And I just thought I could do that, you know, um, like it would be possible for me to do that. I think I would, would be, would be really good at that, honestly. And so I was praying about it a little bit and, and really just, I felt confident in, in myself. And I felt like Jesus had given me a lot of gifts and had been really preparing me for something like this, um, throughout all of college. And so, yeah, I ended up uh, sending in an application um, and do I did a pre-screening interview because A&M's crazy and always has like a thousand people applying for everything. So did a pre-screening interview um, and then got invited to an interview weekend. Um, so we went to an interview weekend, me and 15 other students from A&M um, in Oklahoma City in November. And it was a weekend full. There were 80 other applicants, probably. Um, if that tells you anything, that, that A&M had 16 people there and there were only 80, 80 mm-hmm. total. Um, it's really amazing things that are happening here. But uh, Praise God. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so... We went to the interview weekend. We did three interviews that weekend. And um, that experience was really cool because it didn't feel like I was having to perform for them or prove myself to them. It really felt like they were trying to give us a space um, for discernment, you know. So I didn't really feel pushed to, like, say yes or no in any real way. Um, but I felt like I was being given a space to really like discern and pray and think about, is this something that I want to do? Um, 
after that weekend, I felt very convicted that I wanted to be a missionary. Um, and so then it was just kind of a waiting game. Um, and it, it was a long three weeks, but three weeks later, I got a call um, from one of the uh, regional directors that works for Focus, and they said, we want to give you an offer, um, and kind of explained a lot of things to me, and they said, do you need some time to pray about it? Like, we can give you a few days, and I kind of thought about it for like two seconds, and I said, well, you know, my initial response is yes, and I could take it and pray about it for a day, but I really don't think my answer is going to change. So I told them yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that next year. Cool. Oh, well, in the backstory of that, as I had been texting your dad, hey, uh-huh. did, yes, has you have. anything? And she's like, he's like, no, we really, she's not really said too much about it. Uh-huh. And I happen to be here in the studio mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, I see you at mass often yes and uh our paths hadn't crossed in quite a long time and i'm like hey, hey uh-huh. how are you doing and i barely made it downstairs <laughs> and found out later oh i just got the call so that's yeah. awesome um and so where do we go from here you're i know that uh the reason we're recording this is that you're doing your student teaching mm-hmm. right now and target to graduate in may is yes, that ma'am. correct mm-hmm. and then how does focus fit into that plan of, well, I thought I was going to be a teacher. (laughs) Uh Yeah. So, um, I, I feel really lucky, honestly, because, um, so with, with accepting the offer with focus, I am agreeing to at least two years of, of missionary work. So I'll be on a campus for at least two years. Um, I could stay for longer if I want. Um, but I, I don't know if I will want to, you know, that's two years is a long time. So not really trying to make uh, very big plans right now. Um, but yeah, so I think with teaching, if I were to do the two years, it would be really easy for me to just mm-hmm. jump right back into that. And I think doing two years of missionary work would also be really helpful, uh, for that, for teaching. I think I would learn a lot, um, and just like how to treat others and how to, yeah, teach others really, because that is a lot of what I will be doing as a missionary is teaching students, how to live a life for Christ and how to do that for other people. Um, But yeah, so I'll graduate in May and then uh, I'll have a few weeks off between graduation and then uh, new staff training. So Focus has all of their um, missionaries go to five weeks of new staff training over the summer. Is that still at Ave Maria? Yeah, they're thinking about, I've heard rumors that it might be moved because they have so many missionaries that there's just not enough space at yeah, Ave that's Maria. That's a very small campus. Yeah, so I'm, I, I don't know where it's going to be. I just know I'm going to be there. So, <laughs> got it. But yeah, so I'll, that's where I'll find out, um, what campus I'm going to next year and I'll meet my team, um, I think probably at the end of that first week of training, they do a uh, a campus like reveal day for all of the first year missionaries, um, which seems like a lot of fun. I'm very excited for that. Um, and then for the rest of training, I'll spend that with uh, my team preparing for uh, going on campus that that fall. You'll go to this training and then you'll find out where you're going to be mm-hmm. and all of that. So. Uh, tell me about Seek. 
Did y'all, did you go to Seek this I was, year? unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. Well, your your Facebook was a little confusing yeah. because I, evidently <laughs> you could watch yes. Seek. So yeah. what is Seek? And um, tell our listeners about that part of it. Yeah, uh, so. You went last year. I, I, so it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting setup. So Focus uh, puts on conferences every year around the same time. So. Uh, like late December, early January. Um, but they have two conferences. So this year they did SEEK. Next year they'll do a conference um, called SLS. It right. stands for Souls Leading Souls. Um, so SEEK is the more general conference. Um, there, I think they had like somewhere close to 17 or maybe over 17,000 uh, college students in Indianapolis um, over at the beginning of January. Um, they... It's it's a conference with tons of really awesome Catholic. It's a Catholic conference for college students um, with Catholic speakers. They talk about everything under the sun that you could think of um, for for college students. They have great speakers, Father Mike Schmitz. Yeah, that was. Um, be, I, I've seen some. Evidently, everything's all the talks are now on YouTube, yes, and you can yeah, watch uh-huh. a lot of those. And uh, Father Mike Schmidt, in particular, his talk on the Mass was just amazing yeah we are gonna have a at saint anthony's we're gonna have a parish come eat lunch and watch this video oh, that's amazing and, uh, that's awesome hopefully to spread that out uh-huh. um, i've <clears throat> been a part of youth ministry for close to 20 years now and uh, so everything that you're talking about modeling uh, discipleship mm-hmm. on jesus's pattern mm-hmm. is quite contrary to what I've been involved in in ministry yeah. when it comes to youth ministry because you have X amount of teens that come yeah. and you do divide up into small groups mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, this style of missionary teaching is kind of new to my ears, mm-hmm. not new, a couple of years of, but to be able to apply it is uh, really very fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And a lot of uh, discipleship groups are becoming more and more available mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's, I, I think, cause when I was younger, um, like my freshman and sophomore year of college younger, like <laughs> three years ago, um, I, I knew what focus was. I just, and my friends were involved in it. I just wasn't involved in it and I didn't have anything against focus, but it was kind of, yeah, a little bit different to me. And I, and I really didn't understand like how it worked. Um, but, now having been in it and having experienced um, like the repercussions of of being in discipleship and the ways that that changes your life, um, I am fully convinced that this is one of the best ways to create disciples for Jesus um, because it's it's hard because I am a very much a people person and so it's really easy for me to reach out to lots of people and be friends with with many different people, um, but the uh, the impact that you have whenever you're trying to, so let's say you have a small group of like six people, you know, if you're trying to minister to all of them, you're going to be spread thinner for all of them. And so it's really interesting because Focus kind of takes a step back and they really like dial in on the one-on-one relationships and, um, and, and that word relationship, that is, I, 
I fully believe that is how the gospel is going to live um, in our world today is through relationships. Uh, and Father Mike Schmitz in his talk at Seek, um, yeah, you're, I wasn't at Seek, but it's really, I love technology. Um, <laughs> they they live streamed all of their keynote talks on Facebook. And so my roommate and I, who had to be here for student teaching, um, we kind of hosted our own Seek right. in our apartment. Uh, and it was really, really fun. Um, but Father Mike Schmitz, he gave the last talk at the conference and um he was speaking about um kind of indifference and and how to like take all of these things that we've that we've learned at the conference and how to take them back to our campuses and to actually make a change um and something he said in his talk was that yeah the gospel is not going to advance from a stage um but that it has to advance through friendships and family and if you don't have time for friendships and family, then you don't have time for the gospel. Um, and that really struck wow. me. Yeah. It's go on Facebook, go on YouTube, like go watch that talk because he really speaks to the truth of, yeah, how relationships can change someone's mindset. You know, I even look at the students in my classes that I'm that I'm student teaching in right now and uh, how their mindset is very different than mine because their relationships are very different than what I have, yeah. you know? Um, and so it's really cool to be able to see how me meeting with, um, I have, I have two disciples. I disciple two sophomore girls right now. Um, and it's really cool to see how me meeting with them, not just for the one hour of discipleship and formation a week, but also, yeah, going to get lunch with them, going to do something fun with them and really like living into authentic friendship with them, how that not only changes their lives, but also changes mine. Mm -hmm. In what ways? Um, yeah, it's, it makes you look, it makes you, uh, look at your life, uh, from the lens of, of Jesus, honestly, you know, it, it makes you think of something other than yourself. Um, and, it's interesting that we're talking about this because um, I am also, I'm discipled by one of the missionaries here at on campus. And uh, yesterday we were talking about what it means to live uh, for others and what it means to be a gift to others. Um, and we read an excerpt from uh, this book. It's called Life of the Beloved, uh, written by Henry Nguyen. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's kind of talking about, yeah, like what it means to be gift to others. <clears throat> and something he says is that the the greatest gift that we can give to others is our death is dying for them you know and um it's easy to look at that and think like physical like the physical death of yourself um but in a more practical sense like dying for others being like sacrificing yourself yeah. for them you know and it's like not not just doing things for them, but like living for them, like living a full life, being a good friend, uh, being welcoming, uh, like giving a good a good example of what it means to live as Christ. That is like the the best gift that you can give to someone. Um, and I think a lot of times we think, oh, I have to like do things for for people for to like do something for them to give them a gift. Um, but it was really cool because yeah, my. My friend and I, we were talking about this and it, and it, I 
got a chance to look at my life and see how I have done that and how I'm doing that now and what's different in the way that I'm doing that now as opposed to how I did it four years ago as a freshman in college. Right. Wow, that's very beautiful. So dying to your own desires and will Mm -hmm. for the greater good of the other person. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. Well, <laughs> FYI, you've seen a great example uh-huh, of that uh, for sure. in your own life. So um, I'm really very uh, grateful that you took the time and we were able to make this happen for this yeah. interview. Um, as I said, um, we, we could... Uh, look at the Catholic Church. There are some problems that are going on right now, and uh, it could be disheartening, but we we have to have hope. We mm-hmm. have to have excitement, and we have to have joy, even though we're going through a tough time. Absolutely. And I think stories like this, Gail, you've really mm-hmm. uh, brought a breath of fresh air into the studio today and uh, a lot of excitement, and I hope that our listeners... Uh, I'm sure they would agree. Mm-hmm. And with um, the last minute or so that we have, um, could you talk about how we could find those uh, streams of the Seek conference oh, that yeah. we were talking uh-huh. about? And um, the word missionary usually means a little fundraising, perhaps, that you might have <laughs> to do. So maybe there's ways that yeah. we uh, would love to pray for you, of uh-huh. course, in the Focus Missionaries. Maybe there's a way that our listeners that we could help you in that mm-hmm. also. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think if you go on, if if you're a Facebook user, you can go on Facebook and just look up Focus Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and they should have all of their live stream videos on there. I think you can also search seek2019.com and they should have a link for the live stream there. Um, And yes, as a missionary, I, yeah, I get to fundraise my whole salary, uh, which honestly I'm, I'm very excited for because that means I get to not just ask people for money, um, but I get to share in this experience you know, I get to share this experience with a lot of people, some who I know, some who I probably won't know. Um, but yeah, so I guess if if anyone is feeling particularly <laughs> called, um, I don't know if if y'all would call. We'll put some yeah, a call link up, up here. on our um, website here on the radio. But yeah, I think more importantly, I would just ask for prayers for uh, this next stage of my life because. I know that it it's going to be very different and it's going to be challenging in in many ways. Um, but I was praying about this the other day and um, was just feeling really like Jesus had something great in store for me and and that um, yeah, I'm very excited because I feel like it's it's going to be a lot of transformation um, in very good ways. And so, yeah, if if all of you could pray for me, uh, particularly in this this work as a missionary, that would be amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Gail, for taking the time to be here with us, and you've bought brought great hope to me and joy in this conversation. And I thank you, and you, you know. I still have my letter from you the last time. (laughs) Send me another letter. Yes, ma'am. I'll be praying for you. (laughs) Thanks, Judy. All right, and thank you, listeners. And uh, this is another segment of Red Sea Roundup. Have a great day.